This is the Rockstone Podcast, and before we get into this week's episode, quick question. Have you signed up for our first ever community meetup where we're going to be doing, or taking on, sorry, the famous, infamous Betty Crocker? If you haven't, it's happening on Wednesday, the 2nd of August at Unit 1 in Nine Elms in London, and you can book your space now by clicking on the link in these show notes, or you can find the link in our Instagram bio at Pod. And just to remind you guys what Betty Crocker Workout is, uh, that's the ridiculous name we've given to a workout that we've created, um, which is designed as a bit of a benchmark test, actually, so you can see where your current level of Hyrox Fitness is at. So it's five exercises split with five minutes rest in between each exercise. And the exercises you need to complete are five minutes max distance sled push, five minutes max rep warbles, five minutes max rep one meter burpee broad jumps, followed by five minutes max rep kettlebell stationary forward lunges. And then finally, five minutes max distance run. It's a lot of maxes. Yeah, I know. But it's not even here. I know. So why don't we get into the episode with Adam? Let's do it. Let's rock on. Three, two, one. Rocks on in. Rocks on in. Okay, so this week on the Rock Zone Podcast, we're talking about potentially the most important part of the race and of your training. Um, it's running. I mean, why do you say potentially? It definitely is. I mean, what, makes over <laughs> 65% of the time that you're actually out on the track yeah. for? Yeah. Um, and we've got someone who knows exactly how to train and excel uh, joining us in the episode from Best Athletics Running Club. It's Dan Barrett. Hello, Dan. How you doing? Hi, guys. Uh, nice to see you both again after last night. Yeah, it was good. We actually yes. we actually went down and, and did a track session with you. Yeah. How are, your, uh, how are the legs today? Actually, not that bad. I'm predicting like a two-day doms sort of situation. Yeah. Tomorrow is going to be the worst day. Yeah, in yeah. Locker. I mean, I did, I did, I did a couple of four hundred meter laps, which was good for me. Oh, so my knees hurt. I'm not going to do it all. I was very proud of myself. Uh, in all honesty, though, do how do you think we did? Because I obviously was doing a bit of watching. I think Max looked like a bit of a powerhouse. He was really going for it. Nathan brought spikes. Yeah, Nathan was, was big. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, Ben, you looked like the Terminator. What do you mean? You just looked like the Terminator. You, when you ran, you were just like, doo, doo, doo. like you looked great. <laughs> you looked great. But I mean, that's my observations from not being a running expert. But like, any 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 initial well, thoughts? Well, I mean, Ben, you definitely said more than Max, and I think the words were, "I hate running." Yeah. At, at one point. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that um, is true. Yeah, Max was. He's not here, but he was absolutely storming it on the two hundred meters. I think so. Mm. Um, yeah, I think you both you know did very well for a first track session. Held up okay. Completed the session, which yeah. is often more than uh, what some others can do. So I have to say, like, good. yeah, it was is a perfect introduction to actually doing a track session in a track environment. Uh, like for me, that was my first time on a running track. And even just like the picking up the tips from yourself and the, the other coach around etiquette and things like this. Yeah. yeah. Like super useful. The and track can be a very dangerous place at yeah. times. Anyway, we have some quick fire questions, Dan. Uh, do you want to start, Ben? Oh, yeah, why not? Um, first one, Dan. Uh, what is an everyday item you can't go a single day without? Oh, probably my Garmin. Nice. Yeah. Strong. Nice. Okay. On topic. You need your steps. You need your heart rate. All yeah. that stuff. I'm going to so pick your brains later. You have no <laughs> idea. He is very into his tech. Uh, what is the greatest running achievement of yours? Oh, that is a tough one. Did I just, just, just one? Just one. Yeah. Quick top, one. One. top one. Um, it's probably uh, two hours 40 marathon uh, at Manchester. <laughs> Fucking hell. All right. <laughs> you can fuck off now. Um, what, what world record do you think you'd have a genuine chance of setting or beating? Oh, that's a good one. Um, the amount of people you can annoy in a day. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Whilst running. Um, if you could have a beer with any professional, well, with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Winston Churchill. 
Oh my God, what an answer. Mm. What an answer. I think he liked Paul Roger Champagne, uh, believe it or not. But yeah, you can have a pint of that. <laughs> I'd make him have a beer just to, yeah. just to chat to him and pick his brain. <laughs> Don't know how I know that, but anyway. <laughs> you weird, eh, then? Um, and finally, marathon. Speaking of marathons, would you rather run a marathon across the desert or up a mountain? With a fifteen percent elevation, yeah, uh, probably up a mountain. I think I've, I've done that a few times. Um, All right, and probably better than the heat because at least you've got water and you yeah. should go downhill at some point. Yeah, was, yeah, <laughs> Love pretty it. convincing, I would say. I think that wraps up quick fire. Yeah, there was, was a very quick fire. I guess like to to add a little bit more context though, Dan, could you just give us a little bit about your background? Obviously, we brought you on as a as a running specialist, someone who's put us through our paces. Uh, but where did your passion for running begin, and how long have you actually been coaching for? Yeah, and, and who are you? Yeah, yeah great question. Um, so, Age, sex, location. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm Dan Barrett. Um, I'm a coach at Best Athletics. Um, yeah, it's a great question because very similar to probably a lot of people, a lot of people's journeys. Uh, running for me started during COVID mostly. Um, oh, wow. I did a bit before mm. that. I think my you know connection with coaching and probably connection with sport and competition um, started when I was young. So I've always been from a sporting family. Played cricket when I was younger. Played rugby mm. uh, throughout school, etc went to uni and started boxing so I was a boxer at uni uh wow. boxing president at Cardiff and had a few amateur fights so that involved a lot of oh, running wow yeah um which was great fun um shout out the Cardiff University uh boxing boys right club they got the right club nice. um <laughs> and uh and then kind of moving to London again was playing a lot of rugby and mm. I like to keep fit uh, mm. uh and uh so that kind of then led into Covid bought a bike because there was mm. nothing else to do ran mm-hmm. ran like there was no tomorrow literally we thought there wasn't gonna be a tomorrow and got quite good at it, I guess. Um, some reasonable times. Uh, wanted to run a sub three hour marathon, which is where I signed up to Best Athletics. And then people start asking questions around how do I do this? How do I do that? And every sport I've always got involved in, I've always like got involved in kind of coaching in some yeah, way yeah, or yeah. another. You know, try and learn from people Wicked. and then teach people. So, so just uh, following yeah. following the trend with running, I guess. Oh, awesome! So uh, a seasoned multidisciplinary or multi sporter. History. I don't know if that's a word, uh, sort of vet. And I guess running's been a sort of narrative throughout that whole journey, like in the training that goes alongside those sports. Yeah, I think the fitness element of it mm. is, is kind of, um, uh, you know, allows you to be competitive. I think as you get older, um, competitive sport, you know, I don't know if you guys play rugby or any other sports, mm. but it, it it's harder to maintain like a team and a fabric in mm. the same way um, from a competitive perspective because it's all about being on the piss and the social and stuff which is great um, but running's kind of all on you it's your own um, work that you put into it uh, how consistent you want to be uh, and what I like is that it's pretty indiscriminate um, mm-hmm. you know for most people uh, you know obviously there's exceptions to that but for most people you can put on a pair of shoes and mm. get out the door whether that's couch to 5k or whether that's uh, going for a championship marathon time um, it can apply to anyone so yeah, um, yeah sounds fantastic yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, you, like like you mentioned, it's that whole sort of, it's on you sort of thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But mm. speaking of things on you, what is your what's your fastest ten k time? Oh, ten k I've not done for a long time. Ten k is thirty five forty thirty five minutes forty seconds. I think uh, <sighs> deep sigh. Um, <laughs> I'd love to get there one time. That that, that time, Tom. What's your fastest ten k? I don't even remember. Well, <laughs> it would be so, it would be well over forty minutes for sure. What's your fastest five k? Uh, 5k 16 minutes 35 I think jeez done that twice actually it was really annoying when yeah. I didn't get it the second time have you Have you? do you go turn up to like um, park run and just yeah and so the on second one people. was at a park run and the other one was at, at an event but yeah. Dulwich park runs if you want a 5k PB get down to Dulwich Dulwich is that the one just flat as a pancake three oh. laps round you go bang that's actually a good tip for those Londoners out there yeah 
That's wicked. Um, obviously, we've been messing about. You've already said your marathon time, so I'm not going to bring that up again and allow you to show about that. But I mean, what is it? <laughs> uh, so, I've, yeah, two hours, 40 and 16 seconds. Um, so impressive. was at Manchester this year. So You know so, what? I'm, 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 I'm rubbing you. That's really impressive. Thanks. Well I done. I appreciate that. Yeah, Thank yeah, you very much. Like a, a lot of people out there will be like, fuck, he's the right guy for this pod. Um, but yeah. enough of us messing about, and more importantly, me. Um, Training. That's the topic we want to cover. Okay. Not necessarily Hyrox, getting too deep into Hyrox right now, but I mean, something that we have all tried ourselves and have all improved on over our experience of doing doing a Hyrox or just like running in general, it's, you know, getting a faster time. Um, I don't necessarily know the best way to do that other than just go on more runs. So I don't know, is there like a, yeah, is there a, is there a theory behind that? You know, is there a process? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, it's a great question. And I'm very new to the world of high rocks, but I've had the pleasure of working um, with a few guys already. So Mikey, who, who's on the pod, um, Matt Plampton, uh, Annabella Banks, a few other people. Um, and I think it's more the philosophy of how we get quicker as a runner can very much apply to mm. to your high rocks training. Um, and that the only difference is you need to be really efficient with your training um, in relation to the amount of strength and everything else you've got going on. So first question is, is where are you in your training block? So are you training for a race? Are you like a lot of people at the moment outside of your training block, mm. which is a really great time to work on running and work on, um, especially if that's a weakness, dedicating more time to it. Um, I'm going to ask a stupid question here for all the people that are like me. What's a training block? Training block, great question. So um, if you've got, say you've got a race coming up eight weeks before your race, you'll mm. have a solid training block where you're dedicated mm. and focused on getting yourself ready and prepared for that race. Mm. As an athlete, you kind of go through, or as an individual, you go through uh, what's called a mesocycle. So your body kind of has about eight or so weeks where it kind of peaks and then you kind of need to drop off. So timing your races and your events oh, around okay. those mesocycles um, is really key. So often for a marathon, you put two mesocycles together. Yeah. So maybe 16 weeks uh, with a kind of re- eight weeks training and then mm. with the rest in between. And then eight weeks after that, where you lead into the race. So you, you should be mm. thinking about your races in the same way. So if you've got four races in a month, mm. you should be picking one of those races as your target race. Mm. And then the others should kind of be kind of practices or lead ups to that target race. Um, and is that is that build up? Is that a is that a linear build up or is that like an exponential build up or like in the drop off before? Is there any? Yeah, so it's kind of uh, from a running perspective. I also think of it as running. You'd be upping your mileage effectively. So if you're okay. training for a marathon, you'd start 16 weeks out uh, early on in that block. Would be the base phase. So mm-hmm. you'd be building a solid base around your fitness. So with a, uh, if you're coming from not not much mileage, the first thing is building say 50 k's a week that you want to get to then you layer in specific sessions around what pace you might want to run your race at and then you build the mileage week on week and which is the build phase until you hit kind of a peak phase and then the peak phase for a marathon is usually about four weeks out from the marathon Mm -hmm. itself where you do your your big blocks your biggest training runs and then you would taper off to give your body the chance to recover but doing it in a uh, phased way so you don't just drop off a cliff and stop exercising And then you're fresh and ready and your body is effectively peaked and ready to go for race day. So wow. treating a high rocks event in the same way, mm. it, you know, that's something that people should mm. think about. I mean, I think Mikey, when we, um, sorry, Mikey's here for everyone. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's just sat here quietly. Mikey um, had several races at, at one point and Matt as well in the club as well. So it's about, you know, you don't want to burn out by just racing too much. So picking a target race and then building mm. a plan back from that, that race is kind of how mm. I would start with it. That's, that's a really good way to think about it because I don't think any either any of us I think over the last course of last season at least well me if I wasn't injured but like you two it would have just been like 
PB, PB, like aim for PB, aim for PB this month, aim for PB this month. There wasn't. Yeah. A, I don't think that we'd ever had a rhyme or reason in as to. No, we we just had like such a high cadence it. of of um, events, and yeah. obviously, like I think we're now going into the next season more better better equipped with more yeah. things in our arsenal. Um, I think one of the things that. I would like to be taking forward is some of the sprint training that we did last night. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I'd like just to touch on that, like what, what, what is the theory behind like we yesterday for everyone, we did what we did nine, nine sets of eight sets of 400 and eight, eight sets of 200, eight yeah. sets of 400, eight sets of 200. Is that a typical sort of like, are we meant to be doing different speeds in that? And like, what role does that really play in the training? Yeah, it's a really good question. So, you know, the point of where we are at that kind of session is really early on in the block is where I've described it. So, where you want to start from is what's your current one kilometer time over eight kilometers, whether that's continuous or whether that's as part of your high rocks race. So that's kind of the benchmark that we've got to work with. Mm. Um, so, you know, if I was training for a 10 K race, for example, eight weeks out, I'd be breaking down that, that track session, that speed session, starting with smaller distances where you work h- as hard as your target pace or harder mm. than your target pace, because that then uh, builds into what's called your anaerobic system, which is kind of where you're in the red zone. So the, the more, we, we don't want to spend too much time there because that's where it's most intense. But the time that we do spend there helps to lift our aerobic zone, which mm-hmm. is kind of when our, our base level of fitness. Mm. So obviously, the more unfit we are further out from a race, the harder it is it's going to be to maintain a hard pace for a longer period of time. So we start small. So like last night, we did 400 meters. Then next week, we might do 600 meters or 800 meters. You're saying that was small? <laughs> Jesus. Small in terms of the volume of the rep that you were doing. Okay. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Think, yeah. think about it as... Um, a bit like you might start with endurance in the gym where you do lighter weight mm-hmm. and then you build up through a hypertrophy phase and then you build up through a, a strength phase to get really, really strong. Yeah. You know, it's kind of kind of the same where you're doing lots of reps with uh, a, a small amount and yeah. then building up, then you have bigger reps. So, you know, before a, a high rocks race, for example, maybe four, uh, five weeks out mm. in that, when you're really building, you start to reach kind of those 800 meters, those one kilometer to distances. Yeah, yeah. For a lot of people as a runner, um, that shouldn't be where you stop. So going beyond that one kilometer distance, two kilometers, for example, um, you know, breaking that up into times as well. So blocks of five minutes, blocks of mm. six minutes, blocks of seven minutes. That mentally then is and physically is going to prepare your body to make four minutes or whatever your, you know, say your kilometers times four minutes or five mm. minutes. It's going to make that feel a lot more achievable because you've been used to mentally running for longer yeah. periods for at that pace or for faster periods of time. So it's kind of going above and beyond and faster than you expect to run on the day mm. so that it, helps to lift your race mm. pace up with you. Very similar to the Betty Crocker workout where you'll be doing sled push for five <laughs> minutes, like a cheeky little plug in that. Um, but uh, like that, that's really interesting because mm. the idea of working harder in training is, is no surprise, but actually consistently pushing yourself longer. Yeah, and there's also other benefits of working, you know, in, when you're in that red zone, 90, 95%, it's not just about getting fitter at running. There's strength benefits from that. Um, mm. you're, you know, you're going to get power benefits from that and that's all going to, trickle down then to you know what you're doing in the gym mm. um and it's going to have a, a spillover effect mm. but then also it's going to make uh, the ability to run that one kilometer distance at a more efficient rate a lot easier because your muscles are, are, are used to working harder mm. so it, your body learns from that and then it mm. helps to adapt mm. if we apply the hyrox like lens to that training then say we've got our eight week you know training uh meso cycle which we're gearing up for in uh, for october which would be when the yeah. first race happens how would we like h- how regularly should we be doing like a gentle run versus a fast 5k time versus a sprint like i don't yeah how would you yeah it's a good question so you don't need to be doing you know 
tons and tons and tons of kilometers um to get yourself fit because a lot of the other stuff you're going to be doing on the rower on the mm. ski erg etc is going to benefit your aerobic capacity so when you're running at an easy level you're you're building your aerobic base so that's when your heart rate is below say i think it's about 72 percent of your max heart rate so mm. working in that zone is good for endurance um and it's good for um you know you're building your body's ability different things happen at different levels when you're mm. at your anaerobic uh, system you use different energy systems to your aerobic system so you don't need to do loads and loads of miles um in substitute for what you might be doing in your mixed model sessions that kind mm. of compensates for that so i like to train mm. with a philosophy of like intensity mm. so think think about your session of how intense is it and we kind of a philosophy of no back-to-back hard days so the sprint session you did last night i wouldn't expect you then to be doing um like max rep deadlifts yeah. or squats yeah, in yeah, the gym yeah. etc so as long as you space out those intensities throughout the week and we think about your session whether it's running and that's that's a mistake that people often make is they think because i'm not running okay. weights is fine yeah, i can get yeah. in and, and do some heavy weights mm. in the morning whereas actually your central nervous system is what needs the break oh wow okay so mm, to yeah. aid the recovery to help the adaptations otherwise you you don't recover properly or your body recovers to a level that then has to use itself again mm. it doesn't build back stronger than mm. it, it was before effectively that's that's yeah I've, that, it's a really good thing to think about actually the idea of running being just as much as a valid workout as as strength or well, hit an training intense or, an yeah. intense yeah yeah run session would be i mean i'm definitely guilty of intensive. that i'm like if I, oh, i'll have an off day i'll go for a 5k i mean that's different if i'm not doing like actual like blocks and sets yeah but, and it does depend on what muscle group or what yeah. uh, exercise you're training the next day because you know the, the weights and running do have different impacts mm. on your muscle so one oh. tears the mm. muscle whereas the other one doesn't it doesn't mm. have as much of an impact when you're running but you know if you've got an upper body session the next day then mm. you've not really used that too much when you're running so that's kind of where we then program to mm. to get the right mix and balance mm. of sessions around your you know, lower body sessions or what mm. activities you're doing mm. so that again it's about the amount of stress that your body is put under i think linking now into the actual race itself and putting your lower body under that stress for example if you do a sled push we've then got a kilometer that comes out the back of that so you've got compromised running how does compromised running differ to traditional sort of running even in formal technique but also like how does it differ in the sense of the speed of that kilometer and how that varies yeah it, it, and it's a really good question and it's kind of <clears throat> if you're in training trying to train yourself under that fatigue you're not really gonna have any benefits because you're in the dump zone so your body mm. you're already full of lactic acid so you're not going to make any improvements in that it's all about the recovery time that you make mm. from that so that's why if you want to get faster at running a running specific workout mm. so if you've just got mixed model sessions where the running is off the back of exercises mm. you're never really going to get faster or that much faster as as if you were focusing purely on running um mm. because you're not as in as much of a lactate dump but it's also the the similar kind of exercise mm. has a benefit on your system on, on your on your body system so trying to make sure you're doing running specific stuff mm. is actually going to benefit you when you hit that um when you're in that in that en- energy dump state when you switch in between exercises mm. so how beneficial is it to do the compromised running in your other training because i always imagine i imagined in my head like ah oh, well if i add a couple of runs in between doing like you know a, a workout station similar to the hyrox race of course it's going to make me better because i'm going to get my body's going to get more used to it I, is that is that false i mean the, the the right answer in my opinion and other people might differ, differ uh, have different opinions is a, a mix of both so sure. having a mix and again depending on where you are in your block so mm-hmm. the further are you out in, in your block the more you can afford to focus on mm-hmm. running specific se- sessions mm-hmm. but as you get towards um your your race you're going to want to imitate what you're going to be doing on the day 
So, you know, there's no point doing, you know, 10 times one kilometre session and then a tempo run on Thursday too much before, before you know, the, the weeks before the race. You want to be making sure that you're conditioned and primed for yeah. a little bit of your rowing, a little bit of your ski erg and stuff. Yeah, you know, you're used to the exercise. Those, yeah, exactly. those movements, everything's fired up. And in the same in the same way that you're mentally and physically prepared for what it feels like and, and that you can run in that, uh, in that kind of energy dump space. And also you're going to have potentially have, have newfound pace. You might be faster and more mm. and fitter than you were before. So you need to practice how to handle it in that situation as well, in terms of controlling it and not going out too fast and blowing yeah. yourself out. Yeah, mm. really good point. Like the mental game of like, oh, I'm a weapon now. I've got a, exactly, a exactly. I've got these new guns. How do yeah. I fire them? Yeah. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else we need to consider when training for running? I think one of the things that I'm quite conscious of that I've never really looked into is my... Um, Am I a heel striker? Am I a midsole striker? Things like this. Like, what advice do you have for people out there on and how how they go about understanding that? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult because it's a, it's quite a, a big thing to change. So, if you really want to go into looking at your the way that you run and your running style and your form and your um, you know, how your foot strikes, etc., it's it's a long process of you, know, you need a running assessment, a gait analysis, um, and then that's a lot of repetition, a lot of practice when running, a lot of you know, listening to metronomes and that kind of stuff um and it's kind of if, if it ain't broke don't fix it um mm-hmm. type thing um but it, so so that's a big commitment to go on that journey for the short amount of time that you're running mm. because it's it's very much speed orientated the thing that's going to make you faster the thing that's going to make you better is being stronger is building the areas of your body that are going to make you more powerful so a lot of the things around to form are actually mm. okay if i'm um if I if I want to lengthen my stride, actually I want to get my foot carrying through more. So if my foot's carrying th- through more in the strike, that means I need to have more powerful hamstrings to bring it up through. So what's going to help oh. have more powerful hamstrings? Romanian deadlifts. Okay, mm, so fantastic. I, I, you yeah. know, that's something I'm I'm in the gym twice a week, even as a runner. So yeah. that's something that's neglected very much by a lot of runners, and it's something that um, is a really key part of uh, a runner schedule is their S and C. Because your your aerobic system will get fitter, but you're not going to get stronger just by doing a big base of S and C being strength, strength conditioning, conditioning yeah. strength yeah. conditioning exactly. <laughs> so as your body gets fitter and you put it under more stress, you know, building mileage, etc. It's only so much that your body will be able mm. to keep up. Like the speed training will give you some sort of strength and some sort of power, but in isolation, you know, your ligaments, your tendons, everything else mm. around it needs to get used to what that extra load and extra power is going mm. through your body. So best way of doing that is strength and conditioning. Um, so that again is when it comes to form mm. it's okay am i getting a, a good enough arm drive uh going backwards mm. okay what's going to get my arm drive more powerful probably stronger lats stronger arms stronger triceps so how do we build those in the gym pull-ups that's really yeah. that's it's, it's really interesting like identifying muscle groups that will inform a better technique or like that's mm. the technique yeah exactly and it's it's all part of it you know you you can't have one without the other mm. um a lot of things as well for runners is they'll get a niggle or they'll get an injury and then they, they think that means that they're unfit or, you know, they're not strong enough. And that might be the case that they're not strong enough, but that's because a lot of people will take up running and they've got sedentary jobs or they've got mm. imbalances in their body that they're just never aware of because we've never had to exercise in a way that actually exposes them. Mm. So sitting at a desk, if I sit at a desk with my leg up like this, you know, that's going to be using my muscle in a different way. Mm. You know, the way that you lean, the way that you stand, you know, whether you did mm. stuff during childhood, being right-handed, being left-handed, that's going to create imbalances in your body that when you're just doing one lateral movement moving forward all the time sorry not lateral forward movement all the mm. time that's just going to highlight those imbalances of one side mm. being stronger than the other for example or one arm uh, being being stronger than the other so then that's how things like niggles happen because one side then overcompensates and then yeah. undercompensates and then it chases so th- itself exactly yeah. so that's when it comes to things like running form it's identifying yeah. where those imbalances are and then improving them by 
building stronger muscle in a, in a lot of circumstances um, yeah. to support that. <laughs> Wicked. Uh, I'm <laughs> mind blown slightly by the the last kind of section of uh, of amazing content you've just given us. Um, we had a question from Nathan, who was the spikes man. Okay. Um, the Nathan Petrie, Petrie the Petri dish. He He's is our, our resident. resident data scientist. That's the one. Um, who 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 is who is a good athlete himself and and competes in Hyrox and runs a fair bit. Um, he had a question which was just around measuring progression, like how. How does one measure progression when running? Um, I guess you can look at your time and be like, I'm getting faster. But I guess, yeah, I feel like that's not all of it. Yeah, time is one measure. Um, Consistency is another one. So if you're, you know, if you were running two times a week or three times a week sporadically and you go to four or five times a week and you hold that for four or five weeks, you know, that's 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 something you can measure, that's progress. So it's anything that you can fit into that, the, the mileage that you're running mm-hmm. per week. Um, so if you're, um, if you go from 20 to 30 or 40K again, so if you're running further, but again, it's about setting mini targets. So um, the session we did last night, you know, have a look at the, ta- the, mm. the split times that you've got, do it again in a month, do it again in eight weeks and mm. see if you've improved. So it's it's using again that mesocycle. You probably want to, if you're going to do any sort of fitness testing, obviously a race is a great way to show it. But having little checkpoints along mm. the way, which is something I like to encourage. Um, you know, if, if I've got someone that's doing a half marathon or a marathon, you know, let's set a 5K, a 10K race along mm. the way so that you can kind of see as your volume and your mileage grows mm. and, you're, and you start doing more mm. pace work, how does that translate into mm. actual, you know, on the day, uh, races on the day and stuff. Do you ever do benchmark testing along along on the journey? Yeah, definitely. So it, it doesn't necessarily have to be a race. Um, it can be go out and do a 5K time trial. We mm. use something called a Yasu test in running, which is... Uh, eight times 800 meters uh, it's a marathon based test so there's particular types of sessions um that, mm. that you can do um the session we did last night 10 times 400 meters is a great session 10 times 800 meters is a great mm. session as well depending on the, uh, the ability of the God. runner you say great i say <laughs> yeah i say not fun <laughs> so just it's just it's just about like uh, having checkpoints and measuring if there's yeah. a session you really liked and you thought you did really well and you really want to measure how is it how you've improved do it again in a month's time mm. yeah i think um this this leads me on nicely to talking about actually how do we measure these things and more importantly like kit like running kit and trackers i am on a mission to find the perfect fitness tracker for a high rocks race but obviously most of a high rocks race is running uh, and then it's sort of punctuated with these eight exercises what is your what is your hot take on what trackers are out there that you actually say are worth their salt yeah i mean like I said at the start, Garmin, uh, I think has done very well in, especially in the running market, mm. um, you know, and the, the quality of Garmin that you buy. I mean, you can have your, everything on there, your whole life mm. you can be on your Garmin if you want it to. Um, Apple, I'm not as big a fan as Apple watches. Um, mm-hmm. They don't link to, so we use different platforms to deliver training plans, etc. They don't mm. link in the same way. Um, but Garmin's, Garmin's fantastic. The, the GPS, pretty good on it. Mm. Um, the measurement of heart rate, etc. Um, it links to a heart rate monitor if you want to wear a heart rate monitor as well. Mm. Um, so that's another indicator that you can use. Uh, there's other brands like Coros, etc. I don't know mm. much about that. Um, but well, I mean, you say Garmin is great, but like specifically, is there any standout things about the Garmin products that are? I mean, for me, I yeah. get put my uh, like, put my music on it, so I can listen to my headphones at the okay, same time. Okay, so local so story. Don't, don't have to take my uh, yeah, to take yeah. my phone out. But um, I think the way that it collects all your data and mm. it, it's all to be taken with a pinch of salt as mm. well um people get too caught up on the data and mm. you know garmin will tell me that i'm you know when i'm training for a, a 240 marathon that my marathon time should be 256 for example it's mm. so they they have different uh, you have to take it with a pinch of salt which is why 
um, if you've got a coach sharing that information that Garmin is telling mm. you the coach and that's obviously something that we look at mm. too but um, things like VO2 max mm-hmm. um, is a really great score something to measure mm-hmm. your uh, you know back to your question as well um, you know as your body's ability to like hold more oxygen uh, at one time and basically of how fit you are mm. um, and what, it what would be classed as a good VO2 like what's a good VO2 max it's so subjective um, you know because if someone is semi-professional professional athletes yeah. they're in the high 60s 70s for example wow. um i think mine when i fit like 62 wow. um but anything it's, it's subjective if you, if you start running and your vo2 max goes up mm. that's the main thing so mm. as long as kind of as long as it's going up that shows that you're getting getting mm. fitter effectively so garmin does a great job of collating all of that information mm. um does it present that information as well yeah or, or yeah. do you okay so there mikey's is, getting his garmin, out. His garmin. Oh, <laughs> little low-key flex hey, mikey, right mikey what's your vat max right now it's 58 that is that he's there like high. i'm so close read, to read be read the bit underneath it what does it uh, say though superior today <laughs> that's right <laughs> right i'm gonna i'm gonna go on my apple watch superior. now and i'll go on my vo2 oh yeah let's have a look at that um, I just have no idea how how your VO two is. I mean, surely, yeah, it has these little things that we've all got. We've all got our watches, smart watches. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I don't just, know how I'm now looking at my heart rate. That, I was like 88. I was like, I'm great. That's my heart. That's not. The yeah, <laughs> I'm a superior athlete. I think. Um, yeah. Actually, just to excite, so I can be reminded again, what actually is the VO two? So VO2 it's max? it's kind of the amount of oxygen that your body can like use at one time mm. um, to support your. You know, training and uh, to support you when you're exercising so the more the higher your vo2 max mm. the more oxygen that you can supply to your body which means the more your muscles can do and then like the faster okay. and further mm. you can go so it's it, like trackers are a tool in essence to help you contextualize some of the things that allow you to basically measure where you're going yeah right? it, exactly and i'm a, I, I, I get in two minds about the data because the data can be fantastic in some ways when mm. it's going well and can guide people but the data can also really have a negative effect on some people mm. um uh, so it's and that's one of my roles as a coach is knowing when to use the data in the right way to support someone and then also knowing when to go against the data and mm. you know someone might have on on paper had had a cracking session um and the session would be exactly the same but then they come out of it just saying that was that was that was rubbish i feel mm. terrible it went really badly but on the score sheet the progression throughout the session was linear they were getting faster throughout the session but mm. so you know the first thing first and foremost is how does the athlete like or what was mm. you know, if we're talking mm. about a particular session or a training block like you know were they happy did they enjoy it mm. uh, and, and that to me is more important than well the data looks good you yeah know, there's no point training yeah, yeah. training for a new pb if you slog the whole way through it and you, mm. you know you're unhappy you uh, abandoning your social life mm. you're not catching up with your friends data means jack shit then yeah 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 weekend warrior stuff like you're sacrificing everything else in your life exactly the trackers obviously collect stuff Data is then presented and sort of uh, interpreted either by yourself or the individual. Are there, like, what sort of apps do you like to lean on? Is it Strava or yeah. is it in the Garmin app? Like, which one? Which yeah, one works for you? Strava's great. Strava's really, really good, yeah. um, and it's because you can build a community around it. So, okay. you know, if you if you you put a run up, you've done really well. People can comment on it. People yeah. can, um, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So, I do like Strava a lot. Um, mm. Me personally, uh, Garmin's also great. Um, mm. So, Garmin kind of has more of the kind of heart rate. Garmin has sleep on there as well. Mm. Um, your stress levels, VOT max, all of those mm. things. So mainly between those two, as a coach, I use Training Peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more where I am able to. It's more a client-coach relationship where their training plan will be put on there by me on Training Peaks, and I'll build all their sessions on there so um, that it loads into their watch. Again, okay. another another great thing that Garmin does. So yeah. when you're out running, I can tell you it it, it kind of programs what time you should be running, yeah. uh, what pace you should be running. Um, so that your session yeah. you did yesterday, um, yeah. you, you saw loads of people on their watches fiddling around with them because mm. they all had the sessions programmed mm. into their watch. 
So think, yeah, this is a really interesting point. Fiddling around with your watch, yeah. I see loads of people do this in Hyrox, yeah. trying to measure splits, yeah, and basically click in, click out of exercises. Yeah. How easy is that to do with a Garmin? Uh, it is. Once you get the hang of it, it's fairly straightforward. But again, yeah. it, it's it's just one button effectively. Yeah. But yeah. clicky click, done, yeah. done. I mean, yeah, rather than touch the screen. Yeah, that's the thing I don't like with an Apple Watch. Watch it's like, like oh, I'm quality of Apple Watch data is, is, and it's not as integrated with all the training apps in mm. really in the same way that a Garmin is. Okay, yeah, that's, well, I feel ben, like is a, ben is an Apple. I'm a fanboy, but ben I feel like there's a tectonic boy. shift ha- about to happen. <laughs> the, everyone, um, the whole High Rocks <laughs> community is going to know that I've now switched. No, <laughs> um, so just to sort of start to round out uh, trackers in general, obviously measuring uh, heart rate, like. Are you able to actually help us decide like what are different heart rate zones? Like obviously people say like oh you should be in zone three or four for different sort of training levels. What? Wh- how do you contextualize those per athlete? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, and again, and heart rate is another another really sub- subjective one. Um, so you kind of have lots of different zones: zone two, zone three, zone four, zone five. And mm. Zone five is, your, five is your red zone. That's when you're going all out. You know, if you can't stay in zone five for too long, you'll burn out. Zone two is kind of your easy zone where you can jog around all day. So somewhere in between is where we want to be training. Zone three is kind of what we call low threshold. So that's, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, you know, kind of like 70 to 75% of your, <coughs> of your what we call RPE. So your relative perceived exertion. So how hard do you think it is? Mm. And then zone four is kind of around your race zone, dependent on what race it is. So mm. uh, zone four is around about kind of 80 to 85% of max heart rate, um, that kind of area. And, it, and there's different theories that um, have different ranges as well. So, you know, different scientists mm. come up with different ways to measure heart rate. So when you really want to give it a go, that's the heart rate. When you, you really want to give it a go, so like last night, you're probably in zone five. Whereas yeah. if you're on um, uh, in your high rocks competition, you're probably somewhere around zone four. Okay. Um, because zone four is something you can probably sustain for around about an hour. Okay. Um, so your threshold, uh, yeah. or, or slightly beyond that, again, there's sub thresholds within that. Yeah. So again, with heart rate, it's difficult because there's so many factors that could influence it. You know, people can have a spike in heart rate because mm. of stress, because of caffeine, because they didn't sleep well last night. Mm. Um, your GPS could go so therefore it looks like you're running really oh that is so annoying when that happens yeah exactly so you could be running at a much faster pace than your watch is telling you yeah and your heart rate be a lot higher but it looks like you're running a slow pace so therefore it feels like your heart rate spiking when actually mm. you're not it's just a gps that's fucked yeah up. so it's it's useful uh, to try and mm. um get an athlete to run in particular zones but we just try and say like run to feel so mm-hmm. if you feel like you can hold that pace for an hour or you feel like mm. you're in you're comfortable within that zone based on the training criteria that you're training around then that's kind of where you should stick that's awesome it makes me um, makes me think like how the hell do people train for like running based um, events without tech? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, the, well, like the best of the best don't. So like the Kenyans and Ethiopians are the best running, yeah. uh, mm. best best marathon runners. They don't wear watches. A they lot just run. They just they run. just go out and yeah. they run and they've got someone that's on a bike or whatever yeah. and they run entirely to feel. Yeah. So you know if wow. it feels good. That's same as Tim Vinish. Honey, hun- honey bread Tim. Honey, honey bread. Yeah, honey bread Tim. Don't use no tracker. Does he not ever with no, anything? No, no. You know, maybe I'll do that. Um, so, Dan, whilst you were giving us that session yesterday, we um, we also thought that we would grab some of your some of your clients for a couple of questions. So, here is the first one from Ella. Um, Dan, what is the best way to train for one k intervals, one k splits? Perfect. Max. <laughs> Max, perfect, perfect, perfect. He loves that. Oh, He's just Max. thought, oh, high rocks, one k's. That's great. Perfect. Um, right, Ella. She has asked a question, Dan. Cool. So again, kind of similar to what I mentioned earlier, breaking down that one kilometer to start with um, into, say, into smaller chunks, smaller blocks. So you mm. work faster than your target pace and then building up that uh, distance and target pace. So start with 
five times 200 meters or mm. you know similar to like we did last night and then you know two times 500 meters um and then uh mm. building all the way up to the one kilometer so uh, chunking up that distance training mm. fast in that distance and then building out to your target pace to work then at that distance so mm-hmm. you know you end up doing eight times one kilometer session at your target pace or mm. slightly faster than your target pace because obviously on the day you're going to be a five fatigued, or ten percent yeah. five or ten percent um slower more, more fatigued so yeah breaking that up and then uh training faster than your pace so that then on the day mm. you're uh, at the pace you want to be perfect perfect as max would say <laughs> um next up we've got tom not the one in the studio not but me but uh but the guy that was few, out there were quite a few toms there yeah, yesterday i mean tom's. This is one all of them. of them outrunning me so yeah nice. we'll see what you as we say. do as we should yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, Dan, what, what's your thoughts on running without a watch and um, running just to feel? Like, do you think it's beneficial to an athlete or do you think it confuses the brain? <laughs> I like his laugh. I really I do. Laugh. Good chuckle. I you kind of covered that one. But anything else to add on that? Yeah, no, thanks, Tom. He's a top geezer. Um, yeah, the objective of, of training a lot of time and a really good skill to master is like knowing your pace without needing a watch. So mm-hmm. if you spend enough time at that pace, like if your watch goes in a marathon, you know, Canary Wharf in, in London Marathon, for example, um, it goes every single year for everyone because the GPS is just so shit around there because yeah. of the high-rise buildings. So you have to trust your training and trust mm. your ability to understand what pace your body is mm. going. So you don't want to just rely on, like, waiting to the marathon to rely on that. Spending some time doing that as part of your training can be really, yeah. really beneficial. Beautiful parallel to High Rocks with how shit the signal is exactly. in the exhibition yeah, centres. You just never get at, and you never yeah. get accurate times. And, and if you runs. miss your split, and then suddenly it's like, yeah. why am I running seven minutes? Oh, it's because I've been standing still on the ski erg. Um, and it's the same with watch yeah. watching. So if you're always watching your watch to check what pace you go yeah. in, you're cognitively using a lot of energy to do that, mm. and you're not settling in, you're not getting focused, you're not in mm. the zone. So if you're not, you know, don't look at that watch for that, mm. whatever, however fast you're running that one k in your High mm. Rocks race. Just mm. fucking get on with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sit down, shut up, and keep <laughs> fucking going forward. Eat the cake. Uh, so we have a message that's come in from uh, Tim Tim Urch. I don't. Do you know what his real name is? No. Oh, I think it might be Tim. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I think it's Tom. So good, he named uh, him twice. Could, could be Tom. Uh, but no, Tim has uh, messaged in and said, "I have lots of aches and tightness in my calves. Any tips to fix this?" Yeah, calves are a tough one. So they're the strongest muscle in the body. Uh, yeah, the biggest, longest... Str- I mean, you use your calves every day, walking around, one of the strongest muscles in the body in terms of muscle mm. tension and the tension that they can take. But tips for... Was it Tim? Tips for Tim. Uh, it's calf raises. Um, mm. With calves being one of the muscles that are used the most regularly in the body, you need to train them more regularly. So yeah. calf raises on a Smith machine, um, activating them before a run. So just mm. three times 10-minute calf raises. Um, double, double leg, not single. If you start to... Um, max out on the double leg calf lifts then you go can go to single leg mm. just warming them up before you before you go out on a run um not mm. static stretching before a run that doesn't do anything um mm. actually activating the calf and and, mm. and getting mm. them warmed up and fired mm. it just I, now i'm going to ask about my problems as well why not uh ankle mobility is that linked to any of the calf stuff yes so uh obviously your achilles is one of the, the strong strongest tendons in your body as well so your you know your calves support a strong achilles effectively um and then that will the way that you're running and the way that your foot striking ankle rolling is again down to which way the muscles are being pulled often and mm-hmm. which is why tendonitis for example can be by the achilles being pulled in certain mm-hmm. ways so stronger calves help to stabilize it effectively and oh, keep, it, okay. keep it running straight final question that we always like to ask our guests uh dan what's your post-race cheat meal doesn't obviously not high rocks but like post-marathon done your two hours 40 minute whatever it is uh, yeah how do you celebrate uh, family bucket from KFC. Oh, family good bucket. answer. 
Family yes. bucket. Okay, dessert, drink? Uh, dessert, I love an apple crumble. Uh, and got to be a pint after a race. Nice. Yeah, I think you've earned it, right? Love it. <laughs> oh, Dan, you've been amazing. Um, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom uh, with thanks us for having on me, the guys. Thanks for having it's me. It's been on. absolutely incredible. I, I've learned a, a shit ton, actually. Um, but before you go, is there anything you want to plug at all? Uh, any training programs? I hear you might actually be starting your own podcast yourself. Uh, yes, yeah, so a few things. Firstly, thanks for having me, guys. It's it's great to be here. Um, and you know, thanks for coming down to the session last night. Believe yeah. it or not, I signed up for my first High Rocks today as well. Um, with, our, with our discount code. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> No! <laughs> next love, time love next that. time um so maybe i'll come back and talk about that once i've uh yeah I've done my sick. first one which one is it uh hamburg i'm going to oh awesome oh, Take nice. on the germans. Okay. any germans out there i'm coming for you oh god <laughs> we might have to try and get, join you out there that's good yeah, come on it'll be, it'll be a great trip we'll have a family bucket afterwards between us uh, <laughs> no, Max, um, a what was the question again oh yeah we're doing a plug anything uh yeah if anyone wants to come and try out some running um best athletics are based in southwest london um come along and try a free track session it's 10 quid a month apart from that otherwise um it's great to, as you experienced last night train with other people train in a group mm. train with some fast runners who will help to push you um so that's uh, a great place to start um we've got a podcast as well the best athletics podcast so um second episode of that uh, came out last week we've got a third one launching uh, next week which uh, which is going to be great and yeah, I do a little bit of coaching, one to one coaching. You can find all the details of that on the nice. Best Athletics website as well. So wicked. Yeah, thank you very Fant- much. What's the Best Athletics website called? Uh, bestathletics.co.uk, I think. .co.uk. Yeah. Fantastic. And Instagram? Uh, just Best Athletics. Fantastic. Yeah. Very simple. No no rock zones or Zs or Zs. Yeah, well, that sort of jive. The rock um, zone. Dan, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much. And I genuinely think I will see you soon at the, uh, at the track events. Cool. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank Thanks you very so much, guys. Dan. Thanks awesome. for having me. And that is a wrap. You've been listening to the Rock Zone Podcast. Thank you so much. Before we go, though, we need to remind you of all the wonderful things that we have going on in the Rock Zone community. First things first, reminder that we are doing the Rock Zone Podcast Betty Crocker Community Workout on Wednesday, the 2nd of August from 6pm at Unit 19 Nums in London. Get your ticket fast. Get it now. Just stop it and pause the episode and get it right now. Yeah. Uh, you can book your space by clicking on the link in the show notes and you can also find the link in our Instagram bio at RockZonePad. And whilst you're there, you can also find our discount codes for your next Hyrox race so you can come and join us in the wonderful Milano or Manchester or wherever else you're going to be racing. Yeah, but this is basically one big beg for come and hang out with us. We want to make some yeah, friends. Spend time um, with us. But uh, if you are found yourself in the uh, in the link tree or in the Instagram show notes, uh, you can also find the fantastic race planner that we've built for you guys, which will help you figure out your ideal split times for each run and workout in order to hit your target high rocks time. Uh, but once again, thanks for listening. Press that subscribe or follow button, and we'll catch you next time. Uh, three, two, one. Rugs on out. Rugs on out. <laughs>